Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Don't forget the circumstances he was appointed in between the faked drink-driving statistics and there was two Garda commissioners in, in a short space of time were pretty much were forced to resign and he was brought in as the new brush to sweep clean the last institution that had refused to modernise itself. There was a certain amount of, I think, resentment from some quarters within the guards before he even had started the job. So perhaps, you know, his style of doing things has just broadened that base of uh, people who had a set against him, I think, from day one. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has appeared in a promotional video for Dubai Police. But is this a PR stunt for the embattled Garda boss or is it building bridges as the screw titans on the Kinahan Organised Crime Group? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald and Eamon Dillon on politics and policing and a fallout between Thomas Bomber Kavanagh and his sidekick, Hatter Keating. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Well, I think what was very evident was uh, the international reach of the Dubai police, uh, their cooperation with other law enforcement agencies. And so we too want to develop a very positive relationship uh, with the police here in Dubai. What we touched upon was many of the areas of organised crime, transnational organised crime, drug trafficking, human trafficking, cyber crime. So these are all the areas that we can share experience and respect of as well. We wish to pursue training opportunities that might arise. I had the opportunity to visit uh, one of the smart police stations. I was very impressed by uh, the public interface, the ease of use of that public interface and I think it's an area that we would be very interested in pursuing. 
I was very impressed with the openness and the cooperation. It was very evident with Dubai Police, a relationship as two policing organisations to build upon that and then to work together in terms of transnational organised crime threats. So uh, I'm very optimistic from the meetings that I've had over the last number of days. So that was Drew Harris um, basically promoting Dubai Police in a quite a uh, highly produced video that was sent out on Twitter, certainly, and across social media channels of Dubai Police. Yeah. Um, he's obviously really likes the new police stations and the whole ethos of Dubai Police. Um, this is been, this is PR. This is the reaching out for friendships into territories which aren't very sort of willing, I suppose, up to now to uh, help with our situation. They are very conscious, I think, of PR over there, aren't they, in, in Dubai? Mm. So, it, look, you believe, you feel it's spin and, you know, there's no doubt that it, all of this stuff comes out about the Kinnahans in the same week. That's a really, uh, you know, a very high-pressure situation for Drew Harris with the Garda Representative Association and a vote they held, which I think was 99% voted no confidence in Drew Harris, which is kind of an unprecedented thing I think in, in, in Irish policing history um, so at the same time obviously the stories come out about the Kinnahans which are lapped up everywhere of course it's not just a, a Sunday world obsession or mm. crime world obsession it's all over the the, the broadsheets as well and uh, yeah and now a video So what I sort of took issue with was Drew Harris said that the police from Dubai were coming to Dublin they were yeah. coming over and then it was suggested in private briefings that the reason they were coming over was to help the Gardaí with their investigation into the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. Yeah. But their investigation is finished. Yeah. The file is with the DPP. It's taken years to put together. Um, and there's no more they can do until the DPP makes the decision. So that doesn't make any sense to me that they're coming over to help the Gardaí. And also, the Kinahan Organisation have been operating out of territory in the United Arab Emirates for the last seven years. So why would they be coming here? It should be the other way around. If they actually want help with the Kinahan Organised Crime Group, they'd be looking for our guys to go out there to give them you know, the intel they need maybe to show them who the connections are with and give them background into the type of people they're dealing with. So in a way, that's one of the reasons why I believe it's been, I mean, look, you can see from that video yeah. that um, people were smiling and shaking hands and this is definitely um, PR for both sides. Like the fact of the matter is that the, the Emirates, that uh, they have been, listed on this grey list back in March 2022, the Financial Action Task Force placed them on this grey list. Uh, in the summer of this year, they said they were kind of going in the right direction. And this is all around welcoming sort of money laundering and, you know, security yeah, finances. As they call yeah. it, they're saying. And they're doing constant interviews about it, the Dubai police. And but they want off the list, the, the United Arab Emirates. There's no doubt about that. And their next review date, proper official review date with the Financial Action Task Force is April of, or May of 2024. And what I'm suggesting is that with the file with the DPP, we reckon about six months for a decision on that. That could end up being the perfect storm for the Kinnahans, actually. Yeah. Um, and I don't think this is really um, necessarily got anything to do with the delegation from Dubai that are due here. 
yeah, to be welcomed by. No, Paris. I mean it's a, it's a, see it's a funny thing again, as we said before about sort of uh, briefings that occur. Um, because, of course, a briefing isn't uh, accountable in the same way as somebody doing an interview. Well, he did an interview about it and it was during a press briefing that Harris did the interview about this. Yeah. Um, he said it like he was questioned about Dubai. Yeah. And he said that, you know, there was these letters had exchanged and these police were going to come over here. Um, and I think... You know, it was at a time when he was also being questioned about the fact that... 99%, uh, yeah, 98.7%, no confidence. I suppose it works both ways then, because don't forget, um, in some of the recent speculation here about, you know, possibly McGovern coming over, you had the likes of uh, detained in Dubai, a human rights organisation saying, be very careful about making any extradition agreements with with Dubai. I mean, the police there don't have um, an entirely... uh, blameless reputation, people, you know, not necessarily white Europeans, but certainly um, other ethnicities from Asia who've been brought in as as labourers on a regular basis uh, disappear or badly treated. Um, and then, you know, people who fall foul of the local laws can sometimes find, find themselves locked up without any access to lawyers, um, you know, having their passports taken off them, you know, all, all actions that would be completely illegal in, in a Western, you know, in, in, in an EU country. So, I mean, it's a lovely little um, or if you're PR, PR stunt for them, like to be seen, you know, with a, a reputable Irish but Irish country shaking hands. If you're even and you get bail, you see, <laughs> but see like a massively it's, it's, wanted international Eastern European partner of the Kinnahans. So it is... It is murky, is it, murky. a bit? It's and I mean, murky out there. Maybe there's the, the defence for Drew Harris is that maybe they have to pay a kind of a real politic game where they have to do this I don't know but this has been going on anyway you see yeah. this is the like Drew Harris arrival out to the United Arab Emirates is not the first time that yeah. Ireland has reached or the Guardian have reached the hand of friendship yeah. to Dubai police this has been going on really since 2016 there have been delegates that have gone out they just haven't been publicised yeah. um, they've gone and done the same thing basically and tried to you know set up relations with individuals and with the head of the police out there um, they've been working away in the background on this. I think this trip was, it, it sort of happened without much prior warning yeah. um, at a time when he is under fire, basically. Yeah. Now, he is saying that um, if you watch what Drew Harris had to say about that vote, he said that this is all about rosters, it's nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I've just been personalised in it. Yeah. And of course, then he had the, the, the backing of Helen McEntee, the Justice Minister, which is really... Um, did you think she backed him? I thought she slightly sat on the fence. Well, I think they've... Ultimately, she did back him and said, you know, it's a matter for the Gardaí and, you well, know... She said she couldn't see the GRA meet with them before this ballot because... Yeah. Uh, it was personalised. She yeah. she agreed with yeah. that. It was personalised, but she didn't make any judgment on that. Um, I don't know. She 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 was quite watery. I thought. Well, maybe, but it's still that that is where you know he said he he's he's not answerable to the GRA in whatever amount of words he's not, and the people that he needs to get the backing of is the politicians. I mean that's. As we said before, that's that's who he's answerable to. He's not answerable to the to the members in theory, you know. And don't don't forget like the circumstances he was appointed in, like there was after being a series of scandals, you know, between the faked drink driving uh, st- st- statistics, and there was two guarded commissioners in in a short space of time were pretty much were forced to resign, and he was brought in as the new brush to to sweep clean. Mm. 
sort of the last institution that had refused to modernize itself. So though there was a certain amount of, I think, resentment from some quarters within the guards, from people I spoke to at the time, uh, before he even had started the job. So perhaps, you know, his style of doing things has just broadened that base of uh, people who were, who were, you know, had a set against him, I think, from day one. Now, I, people that I've spoken to about him would suggest that he's wholly political yeah. and he doesn't really have a grasp on the investigations that are going on. He has clung now to this Kinahan Organised Crime Group investigation because it's the place to be, isn't yeah. it? It's the only show in town, really. But to suggest that Dubai police were coming here to investigate the Kinahans is Almost naive. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, what power they would have to. I mean, it's not a simple. What like, use would they be? Well, I mean, what would they even be allowed to do? Like, you know, like There's there are to do because it's finished anyway. <laughs> but even if they were had something to do, they can't just go and do it. Like, and that's you know, submit that to the DPP as well. Like, there are sort of you know statutory powers that they wouldn't have any input into. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a bit like working from home that if you get people <laughs> around the table, different ideas come out, you know? Well, maybe, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can operate like that. They can, I don't know what they can, you know, so it's, it, it, there is, the, look, there's definitely a PR thing. I think the, the, the PSNI where Drew Harris came from, um, they are a different kind of beast than the Gardaí. They have been, um, it, it is a very political job. It's the PSNI very answerable to the politicians in a way that that even the Gardaí aren't. Um, people in that organisation learn how to operate politically. That has that is a, a far greater, more necessary skill up there because obviously because of a divided society, and you have to navigate that in a way. So I think the PSNI have um, the people, and in maybe in the UK as well, um, they become the people who get to the top become our sort of the people who can operate politically. And Drew Harris, of course, did very, very few interviews for a very long time. And now he's doing an awful lot of them, I would think. Mm. Is that not true? It is. And I suppose his trip to Dubai, look, while we await the decision of the DPP in relation to Kinahan Sr. and the two sons, we we do have for 18 months uh, an arrest warrant for Sean McGovern. And he's been living openly in Dubai going to the same bars, going to restaurants, he's been seen. He is not living as a fugitive. He's not tried to, he has not fled to Iran, nor have any of the Kinahans in no. actual fact, despite the reporting in relation to that. They've remained in Dubai all the time. But like our Garda Commissioner went out there and he came back without McGovern yeah. again. Yeah. And, you know, it looks almost like one of those sort of ISIS videos where you get <laughs> some sort of journalist. <laughs> I know you're allowed to say that. <laughs> I'm okay here. But anyway, he's been he's gone in and he's done this sort of very highbrow publicity video for Dubai. He's come back empty-handed. Mm. We do have a situation where at the very least McGovern is due before the special criminal court. All our ducks are in a row on that. Yeah. DPP's decision is there. It was announced publicly around the same time as the sanctions and, and it, he remains free. And it's also a very clear charge as far as we know. Um, it's not like, you know, sometimes extraditing people between countries can be complicated because, say, an example, you know, directing criminal gang may not be a a charge in the country in which somebody is being extradited from, for example. But a, a murder charge, you know, all countries have that charge. So it, sh it should, in theory, be simple. Um, 
and maybe the you know even less complicated than the the, the Kinnahan family. Now, um, as we are all gossiping on the outside about this, and we all have our opinions and all the rest of it, uh, Drew Harris's visit to Dubai and his comments in relation to the police coming here have excited members of the criminal fraternity behind <laughs> bars and they're all talk about it as well. And certainly the talk is, you know, when is McGovern coming back? A uh, bit of speculation from them that there's going to be some movement here. And in particular, that is something that's been occupying Pat or Keating's mind. Um, now, Keating was appeared before the High Court he is due to be extradited to, or certainly the UK authorities are looking for his extradition. He's been named in this new case against Bomber Kavanagh and co, Liam Byrne, etc., on these weapons charges where the NCA have them before the courts. They're seeking the extradition of Liam Byrne and um, one of Kavanagh's sons. Jack. Jack Kavanagh, yeah. Um, on these charges where guns were found in Newry. Yeah. And uh, 10 or more weapons were found. Now, Keating is annoyed and has claimed that Kavanaugh has basically set him up. He's ratted on him as such. Um, I understand that the Irish, that Keating can actually be brought to the UK. He can be put on trial for this and he can be jailed and he can serve the remainder of his sentence that he has here, the 11 years for directing a criminal organisation or the in relation to the mur- the attempted murder of Mago Gately, that he can actually serve that there as well. So he is looking at going to the UK for an incredibly long stretch, presumably if he's found guilty on that, he'd be looking at 20 but, plus years. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, he was, he was named for the first time just last week in court when there was a, a kind of a, one of these routine hearings, I suppose, in the bomber mm. Kavanaugh case. Um, and it, you know, it, it in the in as Kavanaugh is charged, the, the court heard the conspiracy to pervert the course of justice charge, and um, includes you, Sean Kent, which is another person charged in the case, conspired with Liam Byrne, James Keating, and Pader Keating, and others unknown to do a series of acts to come in, into possession of firearms, and thereafter to hide them and then reveal their whereabouts to the NCA to enable Thomas Kavanagh to receive a lesser sentence. So this is what Patrick Keating has been accused of. It's been said in open court. Like it's very uh, murky, again, to use the word. What's Keating's status in the Irish prison system? Well, he if he, he got an 11-year sentence in, in, um, in 2021. So he, he'd, do, he'd do three quarters of that. So that's what, seven and a half years thereabouts. Um, so presumably, like if he's extradited to the UK, say within the next year, he'll already have, you know, roughly about four years done, is it? Or something, something like that. Rest. You know, he's not, not even sure when he, if he, depends when he was arrested and how long he's been in. So by the time, if he does get convicted in the UK, he might only have two years left to serve, in which case, like he, he will serve that in the UK prison and then start his, his sentence, whatever he gets in the UK. So is he a top dog in Portlaoise? Well, by all accounts, he is, uh, absolutely is, um, and has, has been uh, involved in a series of incidents from behind bars and in there, and definitely, certainly can, is, is a, a big shot in Port Leash prison. So what does that mean, Eamon, like when you're, you know, sort of in charge of a wing, or how does that look? Yeah, we're talking about that recently. I mean, it's it's kind of, if you're a top dog, you try and mimic, I suppose, to some extent, the way the paramilitaries used to operate, and that to be a commanding officer, so... You know, there'd be a little, there'd be a certain amount of power in, and 
they'd have a certain amount of say so into who should be allowed on the wing and who wouldn't be. Now, whether or not he gets that amount of leeway, I, I don't think he does at this stage. Um, like he, he did have a job in, in the kitchen, which apparently he lost because there was too much, too many drugs going through it at the time. And um, the kitchen so, is really where a lot of the contraband comes through. Well, well, that's that that was certainly um, our information that, you know, and some of the stories we wrote. Um, and there was somebody that had been connected, one of the dissidents who was basically, you know, thrown off the, the, e, the e-landing from the distance for his alleged involvement. Um, but, you How know, do you get to be top of a wing? No one else argues with you. I mean, it depends on it depends on a CV or a competency interview. All right, is it? Yeah, no, it's it's something you study hard for over the years. Like you know, when you're in the underworld, I, I guess there's a certain amount of um, you already have that sort of kudos before you go inside, and that you're if you have to if you have to start explaining why you should be top dog, you're not top dog. I think so. It was basically his status as bomber. Cavan as number two, his role, I suppose, within the overall Kinahan organization. He's the most important yeah, Kinahan it's, it's, in there. It's also the access to drugs, though, from yeah. the outside. I mean, I think a lot of that is that's that's how people get into that position in prison. If they can arrange for somebody to get drugs into the prison, they can arrange for things to be gotten on credit. You know, they can arrange for phones, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, any currency, and it's as well, just any currency, whether it's phones or or, or drugs inside prisons, it's also if somebody's controlling the, the purse strings on the outside. I mean, we saw that with, with the, the Tosser Main, like years ago in, in, in Port Leash, when he, he re, you know, he came out of the basement and became top dog overnight. He still had access to large amounts of money. That's what, that was the speculation. And that's what gave him his power for somebody who hadn't been interacting really with any other inmates for, you know, quite a long time to suddenly be the guy on top. Because you can, if you have money, you can still make things happen. If you can, you know, if you can activate your, your Swiss bank account or your Cayman Islands bank account from inside prison, mm-hmm. you still have clout. You can still get things done. Yeah, and you can arrange for people as they're going out in day release to bring back drugs back in, all of that type of stuff. And they can also enforce things on the outside if people aren't paying up, which is another big bit of it. Keating was under the radar for a long time. And, you know, it was really only really with the the blow up of the Kinahan Hutch feud that he kind of came on the radar, came forward as Kavanagh's man here in Ireland. And obviously he's jailed in relation to that plot to kill Mago Gately in um, 2017 in the summer of where Imre Arrakis was flown in. Um, and there was some interesting where Imre Arrakis, of course, was arrested out in Blakestown. There's been a big drugs find out there um, coming actually in the wake of the coroner's hearing of Eric Fowler's um, death. He was shot out there very murky. The coroner's court heard that there's no suspects in the murder, that the investigation hasn't gone anywhere. His mother described how, you know, her horror of seeing her son and holding him as he was shot dead. She was very um, articulate in how she described that. But nonetheless, that area out in Blakestown is obviously still, um, you know, trucking along as some sort of a centre of drugs, despite the fact that it has been... um, You know, that Eric Fowler's passed away. Obviously, Eric Fowler's father as well came before the courts in connection with, with, you know, with that investigation. uh, And of course, the theory around... Fowler's murder was to do with 
the arrest of Imre Arrakis and the sort of international embarrassment that that was because Daniel Kinahan, of course, had arranged for him to be sent into Ireland on the basis that the Irish cops hadn't a clue who he was, that, you know, he'd be able to roam around this country, pick off his targets and uh, that... Basically, they were so busy, the Irish Guardi at that stage with all the other murders they were investigating, that they this guy would float in, do his business and, and go back out again. And of course, that went catastrophically wrong for them because Arrakis was picked up at the airport by an undercover officer after a tip off from police in Europe yeah. through a Lithuanian investigation and an Estonian involvement in that. Um, and they were able to see that Arrakis was coming in and he was followed. And basically they were all, a lot of the top dogs were caught up in that, um, caught red-handed. In- including Stephen Fowler. He was jailed. Stephen as Fowler, as exactly. As well. yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, a connection with Ross Browning came up in the cab hearings recently that one of the motorbikes found out on on on, on Browning's property at the the bottom of an escape chute in, in the thing was a motorbike that was registered to Stephen Fowler. So right. it kind of shows you there was a, a, a direct connection there as well. Yeah, because Browning was sort of was connected at the time. I didn't know what the detail was of that. So, I mean, obviously, um, Eric Fowler's family, uh, his his family have denied he had any involvement in criminality. Um, however, the, the, there's no doubt he was the target of the assassination attempt. And it has been murky in terms of who was involved. There was, as you have written, there was a suggestion that whether that Daniel Kinnan gave the nod for it to occur. Um, there was a series of complex kind of... Because we wanted to blame somebody for this. He didn't want to be seen to be any way. I mean, the arrest of Imre Arrakis was an enormous thing in Europe, bigger than it was here. Um, you know, he was so well known. He'd worked as de- for decades as a hitman. And of course, he was jailed for a quite short period of time here because he pleaded guilty, I think, to conspiracy to um, murder. But he was wanted in Lithuania and he's been extradited back there where he's facing probably life imprisonment now. Yeah, so I mean, obviously Eric Fowler, at that time he was he was killed. There was a complex series of feuds going on in that area, um, you know, involving sort of the Gucci gang and the, the monkey gang and various things that were going on. And obviously what 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 you you were writing and hearing was not rather that Daniel uh Kinnan ordered any the murder of Eric Fowler instead he kind of allowed it to occur, I suppose. And which is a way a thing that can happen where mm. somebody would seek permission, just like, you know, in the old uh US mafia days where people would have to get permission to 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 shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. That Daniel gave the nod to it and it was carried out maybe by local criminals as opposed to somebody maybe being hired directly. Um but obviously there's no there's no suspect. It looks like one of those murders. They obviously they remain open forever, but it doesn't look like uh, there's going to be any progress there anytime soon. There's sort of a lot happening, isn't there? Really, and also I suppose the idea that Keating would accuse Bomber Kavanagh of ratting him out is kind of ironic. Um, you know that he's he's turned on the boss as such. Um, how is that going to look for him? I mean, it's going to stand side shoulder to shoulder with him in a in a UK prison, in a UK courtroom, sorry, and possibly facing a very lengthy time in a UK prison because where he won't be top dog. I don't think um, cooperating with the police, even if it is in a fake way, is seen as the thing to do in the criminal underworld. So where does like, he leave Kavanaugh? To, 
I mean, it leaves him being seen as a as a rat, according to the the criminal fraternity. That they'll see him as somebody who who's a tout, somebody who's willing to talk to the police if push comes to shove, and he can't be trusted. Like it, it, can't it, be it trusted. Strips him of his status to some extent. And where does that leave the relationship? That you know, tentative though it is, where it's what it certainly seems from the outside now with the Kinnahan overall Kinnahan organization. I mean, the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of money uh, out there to be claimed for anybody who has information on the financial uh, end of the Kinahan organization. And obviously, police in many jurisdictions are open to hearing anybody that has information. I yeah. mean, you'd have to be a bit worried in Dubai. You'd have to be. I mean, that that like if he's willing to do that on that small scale, um, the idea that somebody won't do it on a major scale and look to you know, stay out of prison altogether. It's very hard to believe. I mean, Bomber Kavanaugh was, you know, as well as being, a, you know, a major player in the drugs trade, he was one of the most feared and regarded as being one of those hardened criminals. Mm -hmm. And the idea that they're cooperating with the police, even if it's kind of a... Like Small fry it, thing or it seems... Well, it's just a bizarre kind of... <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever heard anything like it. So they're, they're obviously you know, officially, like, I know they, you always hear, oh, he did that deal and he did that. And well, you imagine that they didn't expect it was going to be read out in court. Absolutely <laughs> not. And they're being charged with perverting the course of justice in order to do this deal. So it's really, really unusual. Now, now, don't you always hear, oh, he did a deal and he gave him those yeah. guns and he got, then your man said he was done, it was only £10,000 on it. So you hear that all the time, but I don't think I've ever heard it actually detailed in court. Well, there was there was cases. Was it something stolen from a church in Clamac Noise was, I think, an alleged thief trying to get a bargaining chip to get a, an easier deal. <laughs> Famously, the Munch painting in Norway was stolen by a bank robber who was due to go on trial. So, I mean, it's a theory, I, whether it's ever well, worked or not. I mean, I, certainly with big artworks, <laughs> Raphael Imperiali held on to a Van Gogh painting so as he could use it as a bargaining ship. I mean, I think it was found years before. I do think, though, it shows Dubai. a bit of criminal naivety that this is the way the world works, which I always think that the people in the criminal underworld believe that it works on a nod and a wink and you do this and obviously the English police have just <laughs> taken the guns and then charged them anyway. So, yeah, which you is, know. is sort of a bit of like, I mean, hats off. It's a but, bit of But to go back to Raphael Imperiali, uh, don't forget, it was just last year that the UAE refused to extradite him back to Italy to face charges and it was three months later the justice minister, she went out and spoke mm. directly to her counterpart in, in Dubai and within a couple of days, he was arrested. So that's and no doubt level that of kind of will. I think that's needed. No doubt that kind of thing is what is helping them along the way with their relations with the finance people. Well, I have to say, and this is and this has to be one of the big problems for the Kinnans. I get Google alerts on on Kinnan cartel or whatever, and you just constantly see them now being referenced in these absolutely obscure articles in financial papers across the world about Dubai and dodgy money and it always comes back to the Kinnahans are there that just even if they just get mentioned at the end in a couple of bars and that must be a real problem for them because Dubai know that those bad articles are going to keep coming and they're going to be keep named once they're there and I think that and yet the boxing has continued regardless yeah well they can they can they have a plausible deniability or maybe implausible deniability but I think they're going to get to the point where you know, they're going to be looking at an article every day about financial misdeeds in Dubai and Daniel Kinnan is always going to be the example. 
And I don't think that's going to help their case uh, for them to stand, you know, to avoid extradition. I think that would, that kind of level of publicity, you know, especially when you can see they are really PR conscious to put out these, as you said, uh, I don't, I don't, the, I, you know, the video is very highly produced and, you know, so they are PR conscious and I mm. think it's, it's going to get to a sort of a, a point at which the bad PR of keeping the Kinnans might outweigh whatever other bits it, that they can a, bring. It's a, it's a small country, it's a small kingdom. And if, if there's a shift of power in the royal family, you know, the Kinnahans could be homeless overnight. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. It would take a long time to make that video, do you know that? <laughs> like it would probably take a day yeah. to make that video. Yeah. There was a lot of sort of even sort of what looked like internal drone footage and all the rest of it yeah. used. Yeah. Um, you'd wonder how much other business they got done <laughs> other than that video when they were out there because I don't think they were out there too long. Um, I was kind of flabbergasted, I have to say, when I saw that video. I suppose it it's looked, like selling your soul, isn't it? Well, well, I suppose um, if if you were to defend them, then maybe this is what they have to do to get, maybe. get results. And maybe. I think that that you know they, that's what they probably would say. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 not like a cool Sunday World video, is it? And they haven't seen the results yet either. So I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's the so other that's, that's the other side of it. Maybe it'll all like, be worth it in the end. Yeah. Anyway, um, Harris. Is it all gone away from for him then? The problem? I don't know. Is he I just mean, going to dismiss the fact that ninety nine percent of the force don't want him in place. I don't know. It's a complicated one actually for the politicians because I don't think that they can uh, be absolutely responsive to the GRA. I think that would be something that they would be conscious of that they can't. GRA can't keep getting rid of guard of commissioners with votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there is that. Uh, I think they ultimately. Um, Fine Gael are the party of law and order, as they always say. So there is going to be an issue if if if, well, there's... if the guard inspectors and sergeants also have a vote, it might yeah. add the pressure. But I mean, at the moment, it's the rank and file. Yeah. If the management class, I suppose, come on board, then as well, we have a different position on the rosters as well. The the, the you know some of the you're also management. relying on the guy at the top having a thick skin because you know some people aren't able for that kind yeah. of level of um, yeah. what what would you call it just dislike or mistrust. Yeah, just just ranks. a level of conflict can wear people down and you do see, yeah. see that in people. So I don't I don't know. I mean it I, it is it's He's certain. even made reference to his Northern Ireland counterpart uh saying it's nothing to do it's nothing like that at all that no. you know No. Um this is a completely separate issue. It's literally just because of rosters and Yeah. Look, uh, the other thing is how how much did the public engage with it on the rosters thing. I think it's it's not something that um, the GRA have taken this vote. It's a very you know probably unusual stance to do something like that. They've taken that I think because the rosters issue is so complicated to explain and to get people. It's not going to get people worked up. But Fianna Gael do want uh, you know who are the Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. Crime has become an issue. Certainly anti-social behaviour in, in in Dublin and in other places, and they aren't going to be happy with the uh, demoralised Garda force either. Mm. So, but I don't think they will want to be seen to be responding to a GRA vote because it sets a, a funny precedent, you know. Um, and Drew Harris was brought in to manage and revitalise the guards and the way their systems work after, as I mentioned already, like a whole series of issues that mm, the guards had mm. had. So, I mean, it's, it's what, what you know, you can't keep firing your, your football manager just because, you know, your team keeps losing. You know, you know what, your Premier League, because <laughs> that's exactly what they keep doing. <laughs> One thing I suppose that is so um, <laughs> evident from all this, and it is the, the cooperation with, you know, one another, 
in, in different countries that is really making the, the difference and chipping away at that vast Kinahan organization. Like when you look at what the NCA have done, yeah. they have really gone, the National Crime Agency in the UK, they were able to go for Bomber Kavanagh's organization because it was based in the UK. Yeah. And they did so with You've the help the of the Irish Guardi. I think what actually led them to his door and ended up having him and others prosecuted was a piece of paper that was found in um, Keating's Park, in, in the arms um, warehouse that Mr. Nobody was running. And that piece of paper with an address on it led them straight back to the uh, sort of the fake um, offices and warehouses they were running in the yeah, UK, allowed them to set up a surveillance operation and going forward. And again, the Irish Gardaí were over in the UK. They were at Bomber Kavanagh's house. There was a photo op of the, them in their uniforms alongside their NCA partners. Um, so, you know, definitely political relations have to be good between the countries and definitely you need to be able to pick up the phone and ask for somebody by name. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But I think that in Dubai, like everything, it's just not clear cut No, what's I mean, happening. No, and it's a funny, look, it's a funny place and you see all the problems, uh, even in sports, when these Gulf states become involved and the murkiness that it brings with it, even if it does bring results. So, mm. Well, look, developments at least, I suppose. And, uh, you know, onwards we go, I think towards 2024, I would sort of think the spring of 2024 could be a time when finally this story just enters a new chapter because it's not the end of it. Even if they are brought home here, we'll have to face into trials. You guys have been talking about what the prison system would look like. Um, and yeah, so look, United Arab Emirates trying to clean itself up using our Garda Commissioner. And drones. And drones. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody smiled. Anyway, it would have been hell, I can tell you, to make that because um, <laughs> it would have just taken lo- a long time. I'd say they would have been very, very hot and having to repeat the same <laughs> thing over and over again. So as the uh, the cameraman got it. Yeah. Got it right. And as a, as, a, as a veteran. Yeah. All right. Thanks a million. Thanks, Nicola. Cheers, Nicola. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.